Have you ever been to Fort Silicum Park? If you go to Pierce College Fort Silicum, you probably have as it's just a two minute walk away from the campus. But how well do you know the park? Do you know about its history and how it got to be the beautiful park that it is today? In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the park's extensive history and what can still be seen of it today. So let's get into it. My name's Kyla, and today we're going to be talking about Fort Silicon Park's history. To start off, we have to go back to 1844, when the land of Fort Silicon Park was first leased. Before this, there were locals and explorers that most likely came through this land, but I was unable to find any records of residents on this plot until Joseph Heath. Heath was an immigrant from England, moved to Canada, and then to Washington Territory. Here he leased the full 640 acres of land for a farm. His farm was a subsidiary of the Hudson Bay Company called the Puget Sound Agricultural Company. The Hudson Bay Company had already established their first main post in Stillicum just 12 years before. These were to help support the outpost in the Nisqually River Delta, who had no more beavers due to the fur trade. Just five years after Heath leased the farm, he passed away and Fort Stillicum was established on his farm within the same year. The troops leased many acres from the Hudson Bay Company, and at this time there were only 30 acres that had been cleared out by Heath and his workers. So far, the only buildings that had been built at the farm were a barn, a granary, a house, and some shop buildings. From these structures, the soldiers at the fort constructed barracks, office quarters, a mess hall, and 18 more military buildings. The soldiers had been sent there by President Abraham Lincoln as coastal defense before the Civil War, and to take away land from the Indians. The fort had many uses, but one of the main ones was to be a safe haven for the townspeople during the Territorial Wars, which was between the settlers and the Indians. However, the fascinating story of the fort and the Territorial Wars is for another time. When the conflict of the wars died down, the fort was ruled unuseful and shut down in 1868, a short span of only 19 years that the fort was active. It sat abandoned until Washington Territory had finally bought up the land for a mental hospital. In 1871, the hospital was opened and named the Insane Asylum of Washington Territory. Fun fact, when Washington was granted statehood, the name of the hospital was changed again in 1889 to the Western Washington Hospital for the Insane. Pretty long title. But then they changed it again in 1915 to the name we know today, the Western State Hospital. When they opened, they used the abandoned fort buildings as housing for the patients, which at the time was only 15 male and 6 female. From the start, the hospital had very little state funding, so they built a farm as a food source for the patients. And it wasn't until 1932 that they built the Hill Ward, which was constructed on a hill in Fort Silicon Park. The Hill Ward, or the White House as it was also called, was established as housing for the patients and for them to be closer to their occupational therapy program, which had been taking place for a while. This therapy program was for the patients to work on the farm and gather food as a stress reducer. All the patients worked with the animals on the farm, even though the jobs differed between the men and the women. The male patients maintained fields of many crops, including a cornfield, 
an orchard of more than 1,200 fruit trees, and barns that housed many animals. During the farm's high point, there were 800 pigs in the piggery, 60,000 chickens in many coops, many cows in a milking barn, and about 2,200 ducks and turkeys. At the park, you can actually find a plaque with an old report of products from 1948 that lists resources they gathered from the farm. The food they collected each day went to the hospital where it was canned and prepared by the female patients. The farm was actually a self-sustaining farm, which personally I find very, very fascinating. However, not all of the therapy program took place on the farm. The female patients often worked in the sewing room, making clothes or repairing them, and the men also often worked off the farm, making furniture and repairing shoes. In 1965, the hospital shut down this program because they moved on to more modern medicine and more drug therapy. With less and less patient workers, the farm was too much money to maintain and was shut down as well. The Hill Ward and the farm were abandoned and left to crumble apart until many years later in 1989. First responders found a way to put the Hill Ward to good use. They had it partially demolished and used for a search and rescue training facility for over 10 years. You can see pictures of the first responders training in the ruins on one of the many plaques at the park. Before they tore it down in 2007, I actually used to go there with my dad. I was about six years old at the time and we used to shimmy our way through a gap in the fence and explore the concrete structure. This included old bed frames and wheelchairs and probably a lot more that I don't remember. There were also homeless people sitting around a bonfire. I remember when I went, it was getting pretty late and the bonfire's glow illuminated on the side of the graffiti-filled concrete walls. Maybe it wasn't the safest place for a six-year-old to go explore, but it's definitely one of those vivid memories that I don't expect to go away and I wouldn't change it for the world. Today, the original concrete base and the stairs of the hill ward still stand on top of its hill. It has been made into a memorial that includes a small labyrinth that takes you through a historic timeline of the park's history. Some of the barns are also still standing, not far from the memorial, and there has been talk about restoring them, but there's no set date yet. As you're walking through the trails, you can also see the last remaining fruit trees of the farm's orchard. And last but not least, there is a graveyard located next to the dog park that is a final resting place for the original patients at Western State Hospital. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. I really hope you learned something and that next time when you go through Fort Stillicum Park, you'll be on the lookout for historical things around the park, like a fruit tree that was probably part of the old orchard. Thank you guys for listening and happy trails.